Welcome back to the Call in Our Shop podcast. I'm Austin, joined by Logan. We are at episode 37. Last week, we didn't have a special guest, but this week we do. It is none other. He has a great Twitter channel. Make sure you go follow him. Over 70,000 followers on there. He's got a new YouTube channel at Flashpicks. Top link in the description. Make sure you go show him some love. Probably the most handsome gambler we have on the platform besides maybe Logan and I, but it's none other than Nick the Picker. Welcome aboard. We appreciate you for coming out to the podcast. How are you doing? It's good. It's, uh, I appreciate you having me on. Um, best 20 bucks I spent sending that for the intro. Thank you so much. <laughs> hey, it was well worth it. If you pay me a little bit more, I could go on for a couple more minutes. But uh, yeah, we're just going to kind of talk about a bunch of random things. We'll talk a lot about baseball since I know you're into baseball. But I know you have a, a quick little rant to go on for the NBA playoffs because I've seen your Twitter and uh, I want you to let it all out. This is this is a free space. Yeah, I mean, why? I mean, there's really no reason to talk about NBA, and I told you that to begin with because these games are absurd. Um, I mean, last night was another example. Uh, I mean, it was a blowout since the first quarter. Didn't watch any of it. Didn't have to. I just watched the box score the entire time through. It's it, it, Nobody wants to watch that. It's disgusting. Like, I did uh, this a couple of days ago on May 11th. Now, this was minus the last two games, which probably wouldn't – you know, they would even out. It would – there's still blowouts in a sense, but uh, the Bucks played the Celtics. Bucks won by three, and then 12 games after that, the average margin of victory was 19 points. So I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not watching that. I'm not betting props on. I'm not. There's NBA. I mean, there's a uh, NHL hockey, great playoffs going on right now, and then obviously um, MLB as well. I'm just not watching it. Yeah, I don't really blame you at all. Now, as an NBA diehard, I've been trying to tune in, but it's. It's rough, especially because, you know, I do my player prop videos every day, and it's I have to basically take unders every single time. And that's basically all people have seen because it's like every game has been a blow. It's, I'm hoping the NBA Finals a little bit better. Tonight's game between the Warriors and, you know, Mavs, I mean, that series kind of all but over. So we don't really know how the Warriors-Mavs – and watch you say that, and then we get like a double overtime thriller tonight in the Warriors-Mavs game. It's just like, all right. <laughs> but, you know, that wouldn't even equal out for all the bad games that we've seen so far. So we're going to stick to baseball, though. We have a lot of uh, fun content, but I want you to tell the people a little bit about yourself, what kind of got you into, you know, posting your picks. And, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself because some people might not know you. Yeah, so I started on Twitter about uh, June 5th last year. Um, I really – well, I've been gambling for a while. Let's back it up a little bit. I've been gambling for, you know, 10-plus years, whether, you know, be with a friend's Bovada, you know, offshore accounts, whatever. Um, always been into sports, you know, just really just I played sports as a kid, you know, in high school, a little bit in college, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I just have an addictive personality. So I love gambling and I kind of got into that, had a bunch of group chats with friends and they were like, just, you know, start on Twitter so we can follow you a little easier. And I was like, okay, no worries. I did that. Then I went on just a massive run, um, as soon as I started. So that was pretty easy as far as putting up big tickets. And I was pretty crazy back then. I would just, I would do like four leg parlays with like 500 bucks on them. Um, just like, yeah, just stupid stuff. Um, still learning, you know, but I was just, I was, I was flush with cash and, you know, was feeling hot. So it worked out at the time. And then, you know, you slowly draw that back, but um, wanted, thought about doing like a VIP situation. And then, you know, obviously I got advice to continue to grow. So you see these guys that are, you know, get a thousand followers and then they immediately want to go VIP and they stop their growth. Um, I have guys that I started with that, you know, I was a thousand or two followers behind them and they're still at 5,000 and I'm 70,000. 
it just stops your growth completely. That and I didn't like the VIP scene once I kind of like understood Twitter and gambling space and and everything because I I kept to myself originally, um, and now I just do it for picks and try to make content and entertain people and kind of go the barstool route like entertainment. Except I'm like a good gambler. At least <laughs> so. what what made I always see you tweeting about barstool. What made you uh, so enamored with barstool sports? Because yeah, those guys are. With the better lack of the better word, they're they're, they're not the greatest gamblers. They're border, borderline clowns over there. <laughs> yeah, no, most definitely. Um, they they got me into gambling. That was the thing. Like they were back in the day. I watched a lot of their content. My roommate in the army was uh, from that area, so um, he kind of introduced me to Barstool. This is around thirteen, fourteen, and then I really got into gambling. And then I, you know, I enjoyed how miserable they were at gambling. Um, but I said, Hey, let's not do that. Let's try to win money instead, but we can still have fun. You know, you can have fun, but you can also just not be terrible at gambling or at least try not to be terrible at gambling. So I try to take like the seriousness of gambling with personality from Barstool or just some sort of personality and put it together. Cause you do get a lot of bland accounts, um, on Twitter that are just like numbers, numbers, numbers. And you know, it works. It's nothing wrong with that, but it's nothing wrong with having a little personality at the same time. So yeah, and I think that's kind of why Barstool has such a big, you know, following is more for their personalities. It's definitely not for their gambling, unless people are fading the heck out of them. But I, I, I too have find find myself, you know, watching their their like weekly NFL uh, videos where they're just giving out complete losses, like their mortal locks. Their record's always terrible, but yeah. it's at least kind of comedic the way they do all the editing and stuff. I, I think it's a, uh, I think it's pretty fun how what they got going on over there. So maybe 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 they'll see this. Maybe they'll uh, they'll hire you. You never know. <laughs> Barstool has a really really good model though. They're it's it's entertainment first, gambling second, and that's important. That's like the that has to be the differentiating factor because any any Joe Schmo can sit up here and say I'm picking the the raise money line tonight, and here's why. But it's the entertainment value. It's what gets the people coming back. So I mean, I, I honestly they are they they have a successful blueprint and. More channels should try to follow that, but people people only come back so often. You got to get winners eventually, unless they and your motto is just you know fade me, which I do know a channel that's motto is fade me. So. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty common one there. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, it, I I think of it purely as entertainment. I don't take much of their advice. I mean, you might find something that you like blatantly didn't you missed, you know somebody's out or the weather or something they bring up but yeah i mean it's just entertainment make you laugh at the end of the day that's basically all they are but uh so so or obviously i mean you've gained such a big following in such a long time i feel like there's so many people that are joining the you know not only twitter and um, you know not only youtube and all the the different spaces for the same you know sports betting are there any tips that you would think because i mean you've gained such a big following in such a short time is there any you know one tip you'd be like hey do this and you'll grow a following because there's so many people in the space it's kind of so crowded you kind of have to stick yourself out but is there any uh, tips you'd give to people because i know there's people have watched our videos that have created you know their own channels and they're going on to bigger things but any tips you would give to people i mean it kind of goes back to the thing i just said as well as I mean, a couple things, honestly. Um, so like have personality, I would say, I mean, that's, that's one way. Re- I mean, you can be, no, you can be one of two things, right? You can be just really good at it, you know, and there's some people that are, but if you have personality and you make people laugh, you might be able to get them in that way. But if you're early on in, in your Twitter, um, unfortunately farming for likes, 
when you post card that does help with the Twitter algorithm. So like, you know, hundred likes and I'll post my card. It's stupid, but it does work as far as that's concerned. That being said, helping everybody answering every DM, you know, reach, I I've been working like 20 hour day. I answer so many DMS. I've gotten to a point where I really can't answer DMS daily. Um, but you, you don't have that excuse when you have one or 2000 followers. Um, Cause it's really, it's something that can, you know, they're going to tell their friends and so on and so forth. And even if you lose, they at least know that you went out of your way to help them and, you know, you'll interact with them and so on and so forth. So it's really about just creating engagement with your community and um, working that Twitter algorithm, honestly, as well. So, yeah, it's, it's all about figuring out all the algorithms, algorithms, whether it's Twitter, TikTok, all of them, you kind of, Unfortunately, you know, I started out doing, you know, those things like, hey, 150 likes, I'll give you an added player and stuff, but it does work. I know people, there's a lot of people that might give you a little bit of hate if you do do that, but unfortunately, you know, that's the part of the thing. And I know you have aspirations to, you know, do this full time soon. And so I'm excited for you to uh, maybe get to that park point soon, but enough about all the gushy, gushy talk. Let's talk about some baseball though. And yeah. uh, I'm curious, I don't know anything about who you root for, but is there a specific team you root for or are you a player oriented guy? Yeah, no, I uh, never – so I, I'm in Virginia, so we have the Nationals, but that wasn't really a – you know, it's kind of like a newer thing overall. Um, obviously, they won the World Series. That was exciting. But I'm more of a player guy, and I, I haven't picked up on a team on purpose at this point just to try to eliminate bias on my end. And I do that for NBA as well um, just because the Wizards, no. Never been to a game, never going to a game. Uh, no, I'm good. I'm just going to, you know, eliminate bias and be able to – you know, just root for players. I like certain players at that point, but uh, you know, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, I know. I know in the NBA at least you're a big Dejounte Murray fan. I should have actually worn my Dejounte Murray shirt, <laughs> yeah. but I know you just would take his over and rebounds assists basically every night. <laughs> I mean, and, as long as he's at sixteen and point five, I mean, it's it's a legitimate number that he's he hits at a high level. Like it's crazy. So. I miss that man. It's been way yeah. too long without his props, but uh. Are there any uh, specific – I know we're going to talk about – and we, no, we can hop right into it. We can talk about some of your favorite players. What is your favorite uh, – who do you like to root for, at least in player-wise, in the M- and MLB? MLB? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm a really big fan. I don't do a lot of, like, bases props uh, overall. So I'm more like pitcher props, first fives, over-unders, and, you know, game lines and stuff like that. So, I mean, at this point um, – I have recently started to look for these giant inflated lines uh, for big time pitchers. Didn't work out last time for Cole. Um, I had Cole under eight and a half. He had a great start, at least for me. You know, he had like 40 pitches and two strikeouts, but then he like struck out like six in a row and it just didn't work out. That being said, um, you can find some value there, um, especially if you wait later in the day, wait for public money and then just go under. Um but I, I do like Shane – I can't pronounce – Shane McClellan? McClellan? McClanahan. Yeah, he's pitching yeah. today, tonight yeah. for us. Yeah. So um, I'm a big fan of him. Um, liked him since last year as far as strikeouts. Um, Hunter Green, he's like mm-hmm. a – I just look for the pure strikeout guys. Like they're either going to throw 110 miles per, uh, miles per hour or just, you know, give up a home run. It's one or the other. There's no in between. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there, there's – I don't – Again, as far as players in particular, I think it's not really something that comes up in MLB um, just because of the props I'm betting other than pitcher props. You know, I'm, I'm really focused on the team overall. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, it's less team. Yeah, it's a team sport. You know. 
Yeah, no, I, I feel that. I feel like when, you know, I haven't bet a ton of MLB player props, you know, in my heyday, you know, kind of the past like year and a half, I've kind of gotten more into it. I feel like base props are, you kind of have to just ride the hot hand or fade a guy that's just on a cold streak. Like we were just talking about a guy on the Braves, Travis Demerit, who has like 28 plate appearances, no hits. He's just been on an absolute cold burn, like cold streak, like his under 0.5 bases is juiced now. Like it's like, there's just like, we're, we're tired of handing out free money on this guy, but base props can kind of be tough. So I don't blame you on kind of avoiding him because you could just get intentionally walked or, you know, even just like my, my one tonight, which who knows how it goes. We'll post this obviously on Wednesday at 10 AM, but Mike Trout was over one and a half bases and Trout's a guy that could go out there and walk four times. Like it's Trout is great eye that, you know, you never know what, what Trout's going to do. So that's why I normally don't do a whole lot of bases. I feel like strikeout props. Do you feel like as the season goes on, they get a lot sharper or do you, I mean, what are your thoughts on them? Um, I, yes and no. So like you have more of a sample size to be able to like study the player matchups overall. Um, but those lines do, you know, you're not going to find those mistakes. Now, Fandle, um, this is between us. So, you know, if you need to cut this out, just let me know. But um, Fandle does post these lines really early, and they're usually off. I mean, like, if you get it, like, like last night, um, um, well, a couple nights ago, I'm sorry, a couple nights ago, I mean, they're off by at least, like, it, it'll be, like, plus money, like, say, 6.5 plus money. And then they'll see all the other books wake up like a couple hours later or the next day altogether. And it'll be, you know, like 5.5 at minus 132. Like they were off by a, a whole bunch. Um, so you can, you know, get that and work it to your advantage. So that's something to look out for. Um, but mm -hmm. as far as like overall, I, I think it, it doesn't help. I mean, you you kind of get a fixed mindset. Some of these some of these people in particular, they get a fixed mindset that, hey, um, you know, he's gonna, he's gonna kill it, you know, and the books have seen so much information now that, you know, their lines are just way sharper and, you know, you're going to get screwed over. He's not going to strike out, you know, nine, 10 people at every game, you know? No, so, absolutely yeah. not. No, I, I feel you on that. I feel like this lines, I don't know, lines sort of get sharper towards the end of the year, sort of don't, it's kind of hard to project, but they do get all the data and that's definitely nice. Like it's hard to bet player props in the beginning of the year. I mean, the past month, you know, it's kind of been like, all right, we're looking at these first three starts, but also looking at, you know, last year's starts and kind of seeing exactly uh, what they're doing. But I do remember I listened to an interview by FanDuel, speaking of FanDuel, it was from a, from their head odds maker. And he was talking about how they felt like MLB was the, the, the sport they were one of the least sharp at. Like it was like they had a new model. So that could be it. Like they have a new model that they just implemented either this year or last year that they're kind of bringing into things. And it does make like my life difficult because we do our, our daily MLB videos at like 6 a.m. So we'll be recording it within the next 12 hours. And oftentimes, like you said, FanDuel posts their lines so early and those are the ones I see. And then when I post a play next, you know, let's say I take, you know, I don't know, Garrett Cole under eight and a half strikeouts at like minus 110. And then the next day it's like minus, it's seven and a half at minus 110 because every other book came out at that. So it's like, and then I get flooded with, and I'm sure your DMs get flooded as well. When you post the line like that, the line switches so much and you're like, how do you, how do you like it at seven and a half? <laughs> it's like you have 150 of them. Uh, it's like, can yeah. I just like reply all? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'll say this a hundred times and people can listen. Don't ask me because if I pick an under and it's a complete number under, don't take it. Just don't take it. It's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's how I normally I like to – I forget who said it. Normally I do like a 10% rule. For strikeouts, it would obviously, you know, every single strikeout is going to be like a 10% change. But let's say like I took like a Jason Tatum under 28.5 points and then the line goes down to 27.5. Like 
still fine with that kind of thing because that's like less than a 10% change. But for strikeouts, those, I mean, their lines are sharp. I mean, the lines yeah. could go from four and a half to five and a half. They land on five, like I swear 50% of the time. It's just, that's just how it yeah. works. Play, player props in baseball were the bane of my existence post all-star break because I swear they got the strike, the K number to the hook every single time, at least in my experience. I, I you know, a lot of the people were like, Logan, do more player props. I'm like, well, you want some L's? Like I, I, I was so, I was so bad at player props to where I had to cut them off, you know, at, towards the end of the year. And I, like Austin and, I, and I've always talked about, I love pitcher K unders. It's my favorite thing to bet because there's so many factors in baseball that can drive, that can benefit the under. It's like the over, like, I don't know. I, I don't think people really realize it's really hard to hit a, a strikeout over. Like the pitcher's got to be really on to get five, six Ks. It's not that easy. So. Yeah. That's why I look for those strikeout guys for the over. Like, you, yeah. you know, like those guys, if you have guys that are in the middle um, that, you know, decent strikeouts, I mean, it's yeah. just, not, I'm not going to, I'm passing on it, but if it's like a, in the middle, like I'm, I'm questioning it, but it's a true strikeout guy. I'll be like, okay, like he can, he can still do it. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's got that finishing third pitch that you need. You know, exactly. For, yeah. It, it, there's, there's so many pitchers nowadays. And I mean, it's, I've only been watching baseball for a few years, following it this closely, but there's a lot of pitchers that don't know how to miss bats. Like they'll get you down to two strikes, aka JT Brubaker last night, Austin. That, the, the latter play that unfortunately didn't hit. He had him to two strikes so many times, but the problem is he didn't have the finishing pitch to miss the bat. He, he could get him to ground out to pop out, that's fine. But in a strikeout, you're picking a K prop, you need that last pitch, the put away pitch, as they always say. Yep. Yep. Uh, I was actually, I know you mentioned that to me yesterday, and I was wondering about the under only because. Mm-hmm. After you said it, and then I saw it like 10 other places. And I was like, okay, okay. all right. He's yeah, not I like- know. I wanted to die. I wanted to yeah. die when I saw literally some – that's the curse, the kiss of death. When I give out a play, that's why I go now. Sometimes I take obscure plays. Like my play tonight, Draymond Green over six and a half assists. Haven't seen it anywhere. I, <laughs> I'm open. I'm open. Hopefully, hopefully, by the time people are watching this, hopefully he treated me nicely and didn't get like ejected. But, yeah, it's like the kiss of death when I put out a prop. And then I see everyone on it, and then the line doesn't change at all. Sometimes the line goes the right, other way, and I'm like, "All right, yeah, no, this is a loss." Like I, I've already <laughs> on the terms. I'm like, "All right, whatever." Yeah, you felt confident too after that first inning. You're like, "Yeah, dude, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking nail this." Like, yeah, <laughs> I did. I, I was feeling all right. Out. And then he had so many two strike counts that it just and yeah, he didn't have the put away pitch. Sometimes he was throwing straight meatballs down the middle of the plate, like O2, and he's throwing just the straight fastball down the middle. I'm like. These guys are most likely going to swing at anything they see coming through the zone. Like, don't don't we give them a uh, no comment for something like that. No, okay. yeah. I, I learned my lesson taking a Brew Baker prop. I mean, I was asking for it. You were right. Pirates' life wasn't for you. I'm I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, it's not my fault. But uh, let's let's talk about better baseball teams than the Pirates. Um, the shots shots fired. Um, I asked you to come into here with an a dark horse for the MVP. Now it could be AL or NL. I don't need you to go into both of them. And we're not talking though. If you come on here and tell me, you know, Manny Machado at plus 200, shout out to him for having a great start the year. Might have to boot you off of it, but what do you got for some value for the people? I'm not, you know, a little bit, a little bit of value for just a little sprinkle. No need for a full unit, but just a little sprinkle. A little sprinkle, sprinkle. Um, So ideal scenario, right? Mike Trout gets hurt. And then Otani has a bunch, just bunch of crappy games, and then this looks like an amazing pick. But uh, Taylor Ward's hitting 375 right now, 
and it's plus eight eight thousand. So I mean, I don't do a lot of futures, but I mean, the dude's hitting. He just doesn't have that na- household name recognition. Um, if he continues to hit three seventy five all year, I mean, it's hard to ignore him. Um, obviously, if like Aaron Judge and Machado and all these players that have had their bigger names overall, but I'm just looking for that straight home run. And at three, if I can get a player that's hitting 375 at plus 8,000, you know, pretty, I mean, we're pretty decent part of the year already. Not, you know, we're not crazy far, but yeah, I'm about it. I know he's just coming off that injury is a little bit, um, but he should be back. I thought, saw some reports in the next couple of days. So again, plus 8,000. I'm just going to keep saying plus 8,000. <laughs> just think about it that way. Well, when you're picking futures, it has to be, you know, it has to be about value. I don't want a future bet at two plus 200 plus 300. No, I want to, I want to just get rich, right? Taylor, Taylor Ward is the get rich quick, you know, kind of pick because you're right. Mike Trout might not win the MVP because I mean, there's a few scenarios that can go wrong. One injury. I don't pray for that, but I mean, come on. And then he also, he also draws a lot of walks. It's just by nature. A lot of teams are going to see Mike Trout and come up in the plate and they're going to say, I'd rather face the guy behind him rather than him. So they'll put him on base. It makes his on-base percentage look good, but it doesn't make his hits and home runs look as good. So that that could be a narrative. Otani, you, you mentioned. And, I mean, the, the real the real cool thing about Ward is he's playing at an ultimate, you know, hitter-friendly ballpark. He's faces a lot of, like, you know, even within the division, a lot of pitchers that he can touch up for sure. So I, I really do love the pick. I'm not, I'm not even going to lie to you there. For an AL pick, plus 8,000, that's, that's insane. Yeah, yeah, I kind of like it too. I mean, I'm never gonna, I'm not gonna talk trash on a plus eight thousand pick. That would just be, that'd be, that'd be rude. But I agree, there's no value in getting a plus two hundred because by the time that cashes, hopefully you won't build your bankroll enough that it will have already been plus two hundred value. You know, your bankroll building. So, it's I, I see Taylor Ward as a guy similar to a guy like Tim Anderson. Not my pick, but you know, a guy that bats lead off, batting pretty well, and might not have the most RBIs on his name, but might have a ton of runs, especially with Mike Trout and Otani behind him. Now. That might go against him with Trout and Otani getting a lot of you know RBIs, but I don't I don't hate the play, but it's a shame he's not going to win it because my guy probably will, and I'm in the AL. I'm going Giancarlo Stanton plus five thousand odds. Now similar to your pick, there's a clear front runner in front of him. It's clearly Aaron Judge. Obviously, yeah. Judge leading the league in home runs, 17 home runs. But we've seen over the past couple of years, obviously Judge a reigning or not, you know, not he's obviously won an MVP award. I think back in 2017, so. There could be a little bit of, eh, we don't want to give it to him again, and maybe they want to give it to Stan. But I just think about Stan. Obviously, this guy, we've seen him in the past when he was with the Marlins. It's still some, you know, stints with the Yankees where he can just get hot and he hits a home run every game. Kind of like juiced Kyle Schwarber last year in, what, August or something, where it was just home run, home run, home run. It was just raking, like, 12 home runs over, like, seven games or whatever the stupid amount that Schwarber was hitting. And while Stan might not be able to do that, I just think, you know, if you have one good, you know, what if Stan, you know, continues what he's doing this year, hitting over 300, what, 12, 13 home runs, almost leading the league in RBIs. If he continues to do that, and then what if he turns it up, you know, extra notch come August, September, and he just turns it up and he just has a crazy September. I'm just saying Stan plus 5,000 odds. I might sprinkle on it. It's either Stan or Ward. It's going to be a two-man race. <laughs> it's it's interesting though that you that you pick Stanton because in years past or even last year I would have said oh you fool right you know John Carlos Stanton's a strikeout waiting to happen if it's not a home run it's a strikeout this year I I've seen something different from from Stanton specifically I mean he's putting the ball in play more and and like I I was watching a Yankees game maybe you know a few days ago and I saw him just you know hit a little single right right between the gap and I was like. This, this is the new Stanton, right? He doesn't have to swing for the fences. This guy's just putting it in play. If he can do more of that, 
I think you'll see him creep up there. I'm not saying he's going to pass Aaron Judge by any stretch, but he he bats in an advantageous park. I mean, Yankee Stadium to get a home run off the porch. I mean, it's it's a home run in one out of 30 ballparks. I mean, it's insane. And then and then, so that that's got to juice his numbers a little bit. Um, but I, I I honestly I like the pick too. I mean, AL that could be anybody's race really. Yeah, all it takes is a little Aaron Judge injury, and then Stanton's that number one guy that people are looking for. If the Yankees continue their hot pace, which I don't anticipate them to continue what their record is with 26 and 10 or something ridiculous like that. But they lost two yesterday, so. Yeah. <laughs> they did lose the Orioles yesterday. Real, so. real quick, I, I have something to say. As far as those future bets, I mean, there's really no point in betting a, a guy who's like plus 200, plus 300, plus 400 at this point in the year, anyways. Because they could go down with the in, um, injury and be just done for the whole. Like it's way too early. They haven't submitted anything as far as you know their portfolio for the MVP. Like it's way too early to be betting someone that low as far as odds. I mean, if you're really sure or you're a super fan, go for it. But like it just doesn't make sense whatsoever, um, especially at this point in the year. I mean, maybe after All Star break you can start to look at that, but yeah, not at this point in the year. Yeah, I mean, like, people that were able to get Otani in early last year. Like, I don't remember what Otani's price was, like, beginning of the year. Obviously, by, you know, May 24th of, you know, last year, his price had probably been cut well in half by even probably more than that. But, yeah, I don't see a lot of value in betting props or future bets right now. Just don't see it. I mean, like you said, there's no value taking a plus 400. I mean, Otani was, like, plus 210. Judge, like, plus 350. Really not a lot of value. I like what we got. Logan, what value you got? All right, so I'm going to be different, and I'm going to go to the National League on this one. And it's not as good as value as you two, but I, I just I watched the game last night, and I just fell in love. I, I think Paul Goldschmidt at plus 2,500 stands a really, really good chance. Number one, don't sleep on the Cardinals. They're a team that could and probably will make some noise, I'm, I'm hoping, postseason time, because they're a really fun team to watch. Also, Paul Goldschmidt. Want to know his batting average for the month of May? Yeah, nearly 400. He's batting 392 during the month of May. That is insane. He's swinging an extremely hot bat. He's got a few narrative pieces now to go along with it. If you watched the game last night, we had Cardinals money line. I was I was praying. I needed it in the worst way. And Paul Goldschmidt, he was 0 for 4 prior to this. Needed that one, that just that one hit with bases loaded. How about a grand slam? I mean, he's he's one of those those players that I I know he's not even the front runner, runner on his team. Nolan Arenado does not bat well on the road at all. Paul Goldschmidt bats well on, at home and on the road. That's where he could potentially pass his teammate Arenado. So I think Paul Goldschmidt is one of those sneaky. You know, maybe the baseball casual sees like Mookie Betts or you know those types of names. They're like, who is Paul Goldschmidt? 2500 I mean come on you you can't you can't sleep on what what the man's been doing so far this year 2500 yeah, isn't bad but what if I could tell you there's a guy hitting 0.45 better batting average 0.045 better and plus 5500 better odds what yeah, I mean is, what's his name Taylor Ward thank you <laughs> my face. thank you <laughs> in your face hey well the, the cool thing is Ward and Goldschmidt can both both win it because ALNL MVP so this is a possibility a world exists where they both can Does win Bando let us parlay those right would they my, I, I, par- yeah <laughs> I don't know what's up with Virginia but I can't do MVPs on yeah, Fandle. I'm not really sure. But, Logan, I like the pick. Obviously, I I think it might be a, a little bit biased after your 
absolutely elated <laughs> from last night's Cardinals victory. I don't know what you would have done if he uh, came out and just struck out and they lost that game. I don't. I, <laughs> you might have not showed up to the podcast, though, even our daily MLB Cheers. video. So I think you're slight biased on this one. Maybe. Yeah, well, of course. Of course there was some bias to it because of what I watched last night. But I just want to remind everyone, the Cardinals are a good team. Like, don't really don't sleep on them. They've got the pitching. They've got the bullpen. They have they have for sure the hitting. They they did it last night. I don't think people understand. They did it without Carlson and O'Neal last night. They still beat a really good Blue Jays team with Barrios. I don't care who was on the mound. I mean, this is a Cardinals team. I'm, I'm just – if I'm buying stock in a team – I'm buying it in the Cardinals right now because I think their their stock's going to increase as the year goes on. But I mean, I, I want I want one of their two best players if I'm if I'm looking MVP wise, and it's it's Arenado and it's and it's Goldschmidt. Yeah, and the good thing about the uh, the MLB MVP is that your team doesn't really have to be good. Like they kind of go strictly yeah. off numbers. Like we saw Otani obviously won last year, even if his team was trash, I think he would have won it just because of his crazy numbers. But yeah, it's not like the NBA where your team's performance is very indicative of how you, you know, you end up winning the award or not. So that's a good thing about baseball. Granted, it's 162 games. So they're normally looking for, you know, that best player, not best team kind of award. I think the team kind of, if you're coming down to like splitting hairs, I think they might go like the better team, but I don't hate that. Um, Are there, speaking of teams, Nick, are there any teams you think are overrated? Ooh. Um, mm. Putting you on the spot. I know. I can put. I can give Logan. I mean, like after this month, the Dodgers. I mean, they looked. They looked really bad. I mean, they looked really bad. Like that's all I can say about it. I don't know the numbers behind it, or, I mean, I just know that I kept seeing people bet. At first, it was Dodgers minus one and a half because they did go on a run there, and then and then they just kept. Get, they got swept by the Phillies, if not if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, right. I think they did, or they won the last game. They lost like five straight. Then they went off and rattled off eight straight. And then people started betting them and they lost another one. And I now think the Dodgers, I don't think the Dodgers are overrated. I think it's just you don't bet on them. It's just a bad bet. Like you're laying yeah. so much juice on a team. Like they're constantly minus two, 200 or work, better fa- favorites. I mean, they're always going to be, I don't even know what they were today, minus 250 versus the Nationals. It's just like you're taking either their money line or you're taking a juiced run line, like minus one and a half, minus 140. It's like, just betting the run line is just not profitable. Like it yeah. just you, even if they won like last year when they won over a hundred games, if you took their money line every game, you lost money, and you shouldn't be losing money for a team that's winning a hundred over sixty something percent of their games. Yeah, I was when I say overrated, I mean like betting wise. Um, yeah, I just don't. Mm-hmm. As far as a bet, like it, and now they're becoming an under. I mean, I saw a couple games ago they were underdog. I'm like, oh gosh, yeah. okay. Yeah, that was quite surprising. <laughs> But yeah, that would that would be my. I know uh, there is something I want to talk about. The worst team in baseball, it's the Detroit Tigers. It's the Detroit Whoa. Tigers. People think it's the Reds. It's not the Reds. The Reds have actually looked really good compared to their first thirty games. Um, it's the Tigers' offense is awful, and I don't know why, but I have a lot of Tigers like Twitter stuff pop up, and I just see a bunch of it. Like their offense is terrible terrible and now they have a bunch of injuries in their pitching lineup and and just overall i think they're going to be the worst team if this continues so i mean there's there's like 14 and 27 right now and that is uh let's see that is only the reds have less wins but you're right i mean the reds were what like three and 23 and since then they've won nine of their last you know 15 they've been pretty solid putting up runs 
I, we can agree with you. The Tigers are trash because we're normally taking the no run first inning bet against them because that team doesn't score. I mean, naturally they scored a run in the first inning a couple days ago, like I think two days ago, but that <laughs> team is really bad. They're just really struggling. And you just kind of watch Miguel Cabrera just kind of go up there. He's like trying to get on base every time and then no one's getting a hit around him. It's just <laughs> shout out to Miggy for having a good year, but guys did not get any help from any of their offensive players. I can, I can respect that. Logan, what do you think? <laughs> Well, all right. So I, you know, the the Tigers are the low hanging fruit as far as you know worst MLB team because you mentioned they they they're throwing out some pitchers that I have to go look at their game log. I'm like, who is this guy? Like, I don't, I don't even know. And then they they got Bo Brisky. They're putting young guys out there that are just hosting bat and practice. Sometimes I love Bo Brisky, but I mean he's young. He's raw talent. So, but what the Tigers do have is a really good defense, and we got to respect that because the, the Tigers are only going to win if they keep it close, and they keep a lot of ball games somewhat close. They're not gonna they're not gonna blow you out by any stretch of imagination. They're not gonna score over four runs. It's got to be a low scoring game. <laughs> the Tigers are going to be competitive, but the team that I that I think is the worst team in baseball is the Pirates, and that's just because. I don't. The Pirates have a terrible defense. They, every time I'm watching them, I see errors galore. I just see like like uh, Key Brian Hayes. Everyone knows him. He's probably the Pirates' best player. Like he'll he'll try to feel the ball and then he'll go right past his glove and he'll just laugh. Like I mean, it's like it's kind of comedy hour out there. And they've got you know they don't even have an. They're one of those teams, the Pirates, that don't have an ace. Like they, I mean, is Brubaker? Brubaker is a, a, no, a, not a good pitcher, and and he's. <laughs> what do you what do you point it at? <laughs> yeah, ask him. <laughs> no, no, please, please. Yeah, please stop. yeah the, the Pirates have, have no consistent offense. They have no consistent pitching. They don't even have a good defense. That's why I'm saying, and they play in a in a division where they face the Reds and and, and, and Cubs a lot. And those are those are you know lower tier teams that they should be able to rack up wins against, and they don't. Pirates and they don't spend any money. That's that's the problem. Like I hate when these bad baseball teams stay bad because they don't spend any money. What I think their salary is like thirty million or something in that ballpark, and and it's it's terrible to see it when you got teams like the Dodgers spending two hundred and fifty million or just an exorbitant amount of, of money. How are you ever going to get better? Yeah, I think about yeah. I, I, this is a Brubaker free zone for the rest of the podcast. Please don't bring that guy's <laughs> name up. I don't I don't need to hear his name again. Um, <laughs> I don't like, I mean, I, I can, I'm fine picking on the pirates. They're probably going to win tonight just because you've trashed them, but yeah, not a very good hitting team. They do not score a lot of runs. And that's one thing the reds do, you know, do they both do score a lot more runs than, uh, than them. And I'm looking at it. The pirates do have the worst run differential this year and it's by 27 runs. Yeah. So uh, for 20 runs to the reds. So, you know, I can get on board with the pirates. I, I don't think they're too good of a team. I'm trying to look at honestly that I'm looking at the standing so far. I think the Nationals are pretty bad. If I had to pick a team, I think the Nationals not. I mean, that's as close to Nick as a baseball team will get. But they got Juan Soto. Now that they're talking about trading Juan Soto, like you know, you trade your best player and then you. I, I just don't know what the heck the Nationals are doing. You know, they had that great run winning the World Series a couple years back, and since then they've just been an absolute fall from grace. And if they trade Juan Soto, I don't know what their what what their fans are going to do. And so this team has obviously started out fourteen and twenty nine, not very good, not scoring a lot of runs really. Minus fifty nine run differential. This has been a very very bad team. This got blown out ten to one yesterday. Actually, they're, they're hearing me talk because they're up. They've scored three runs in the first inning against the Dodgers. So they're, they're probably going to win today just against Walker Bueller. Just as a all right, look, all right, Austin. That's what you get for trashing us, but. I don't know. I just just see hearing those Juan Soto rumors. It's just like 
makes me think, you know, why are you selling your best player? Potentially, obviously, we're still, what, two months away from the trade deadline, though. So he could stay there right. for life for all I know. They can't pay him. It was the same thing. with I know Trey Turner probably wanted out, but Max Scherzer, they can't pay any of these guys. They don't have the money. Or at least they don't want to spend the money. I mean, yeah, they, exactly. if, if there's anybody they should spend money on, all, Trey Turner, obviously, I mean, I would have fought for him, but you got to pay Soto or else it's just like you're never going to pay anybody. Like who else would – who else is going to come up in the near future or distant future that you would pay over a guy like that? There's nobody. Like that's the guy you no. pay. You don't pay him, then you're not paying anybody. Yeah, no, agreed. If you're gonna, you, you, it's, I understand that there's a point, you know, where it's like, all right, this player's average. Do we want to pay him that much? But it's like Juan Soto puts up ridiculous numbers. Without him, their offense would probably not score a whole lot of runs. And so, yeah, I just uh, it's the teams like Logan was saying that just don't spend any money. Like the Athletics, I mean, shout out to Athletics. I mean, everyone kind of trashed them so far. You know, they've been all right. They've got pretty decent pitching, which is really the only reason they're still kind of hanging on to a thread, but. It's the teams that don't spend money, and then they, they're like, oh, why are we bad? It's like, gosh, what do you, <laughs> what do, you do with those teams? <laughs> yeah. Nationals the Nationals is an interesting one because, again, they're a team without an ace pitcher either. Like, close your eyes. Think about who's the best Nationals pitcher. Like, I don't know, Corbin? Joshua, uh, is it Joshua Gray? No. Uh, yeah, Josiah Gray? Is that his name? Josiah Gray. Yeah. He's pitching tonight. Yeah, that's, who, that's their best. Yeah. I mean, Carl, what's happening with Strasburg? Is Stra- what's Strasburg's status? He's been injured. Yeah, I know he's been out. I just didn't know his status. But yeah, that would be my best. And even he's not that good. I just think about strikeouts. That's all. I was <laughs> Sorry, counts. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. I know that, well, we're gonna wrap up this podcast, and I want you. You asked me this question, and I wanted you. I wanted to ask when I was on your guys' podcast maybe last week. And I wanted to ask you to give people one tip to become a better sports better. You can go into one or two, whatever you want. But I like your guys' question. I'm curious what your thoughts are. Yeah, it's bankroll management. This bankroll management. I see too many people complain about, I lost too much money today. Um, you know, I lost all my money today. Like, you don't bet all, like, even if you have to start, I mean, yeah, there's fun. There's different type of gamblers. You can have fun and, you know, so on and so forth. But if you actually want to take it seriously, there shouldn't be a point where your account is totally zero after you, you know, you deposited your money and you bet all that money in one night. It's not, no, no. That bankroll management. There's so many articles you can look up online. You can learn, learn what a unit is, half unit, you know, learn about spreads. And um, for you parlay guys, two to three is ideal, four to five max. That's my rule. But I want 16. <laughs> I mean, they better be, yeah, no. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say heavy favorites, but those never work out either. Yeah, I did Yankees Dodgers money line parlay at minus one forty. I'm doing well. Those, those, that's how you get FanDuel odds boosted. That's actually yeah. how they figure. They just see, oh yeah, Yankees Dodgers. We'll just throw them in there. <laughs> um, how did you? Because I assume everyone kind of did. You learn about bankroll management. I assume as you uh, as you started to do more sports betting. Because I doubt you were. I'm sure you were like a lot of people that jump into the space and just kind of balls to the wall and then they kind of lose some money and then they're like all right well i probably should manage this how did you kind of learn bankroll management well i heard about it from barstool going back to that because they would talk about units and i looked up that but i never understood it until i like seriously got into because i used to do dfs um i know we kind of skipped over that i did dfs for a little bit um and that's how i learned how to study player props and that's a great way to like learn you know 
how to study players uh, as a whole as DFS, but I hate it as, you know, gambling. But yeah, that's how I kind of, I learned about units and stuff like that early on with Barstool, just the, the terminology. And then later on, as I really started to get serious and had a couple, you know, you learn by your mistakes. If you're not learning by your mistakes, then, you know, you're missing out. Um, Cause those can be the most valuable days is when you lose everything mm-hmm. or, you know, you lose all your games and you're like, okay, what did I do wrong? Let's look back. What, what can I do to improve? And that's when I really got serious, read articles, you know, and I'm still working on bankroll management to this day. If you're not learning something every day or trying to improve your craft, um, then you're probably doing it wrong. Again, not saying that, you know, you can't have fun and just do, be casual, but if you want to take it seriously, then take it seriously, you know, and learn about it. Yeah. So. I can kind of echo everything you said. And it's kind of something I brought up today on uh, today's like, daily MLB video was, uh, you know, I saw a couple comments, but people like quitting baseball, not betting it anymore. And well, I understand that if you want it, maybe it's not your profitable sport or whatever, but I feel like there's so many people, especially for baseball that like might lose, like, let's say, you know, a game just started at six, six 30, they might lose. And then they will try to double their next play later on in the night without any edge, just kind of throwing a dart at the board. And that's just how you lose money. I mean, you might hit, it's like, it might work one night and then loses like four straight nights. Then you're, you're losing a lot of money. So I echo that. I think bankroll management is the most important tool. It's often under, not talked about enough. Um, I would say, you know, a lot of people, and like myself, I'm still learning bankroll management. There's some nights that it kills me when I lose my first play and I just want to bet, you know, more and try to win it back. But it's like, I've done that way too many times earlier on in my betting career to kind of learn better. And I feel like that's kind of, you know, there's stages of sports betting. And I feel like learning that one is probably the first stage that you need to before you can really start turning around some profit. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's really important. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's just super important to learn that. Don't chase your don't chase your losses. Don't chase your wins either. Um, those are two other things that you know you kind of harped on a little bit. Um, but it's easier to do that with MLB because you just say, "Hey, there's like 12 games on tomorrow." You know, even if you bet on the last game, it's not like football. We have to wait a whole week. It's like literally, do just wait less than 24 hours, and you'll have just as many games. Just wait. Yeah, no, 100%. It is a little bit easier for uh, MLB just with all the mass games. With, I mean, I said the number today was 2,430 baseball games on. Oh, yeah. That's not even including ba- uh, playoffs. So you got games galore every single day. And then we'll get to the All-Star break for three days, and you'll have to figure out there will be some degens betting on some table tennis or whatever the heck they want to bet on. But, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Baseball's on every single day. But we're going to wrap up the podcast there. It's been episode 37. Thank you again, Nick. Do you have any final closing thoughts for the people? No, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's been fun. Um, follow me on Twitter. That's it. Yeah, we'll put your Twitter link down below. We'll put his link to his podcast for better or worse. Uh, make sure you go subscribe to him. Go show him some love. How often do you guys post a podcast just so people might know? We try to do three times a week. Um, and this is something we're kind of messing with. And I'll talk to you off camera. It's, you know, whether we need to film in the morning or at nighttime, because the morning is rough, number one. But we do have to wait on player props. It's a, it's a whole battle. But three yeah, times I totally understand where you're coming from. But definitely go show them some love. They have a lot of cool tips. I was obviously on one of their podcasts most recently. So go check out that one. We appreciate Nick for coming on. We'll put all his links down below. Thank you again for coming on the weekly podcast. We'll be back again next week. Let us know who you want to be our special guest. This has been Nick, Austin, and Logan. We will catch you guys again on next week. Peace out.